Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I call on President Trump to go on national television now and demand an end to this siege. All of us here today do not want to see our election victory stolen by emboldened radical left Democrats, which is what they're doing. To storm the Capitol, threatening the safety of duly elected officials, it's not protest, it's insurrection. We will never give up, we will never concede. It doesn't happen. You don't concede when there's theft involved. Wednesday afternoon, Capitol Police sent out an ominous warning to congressional staffers and members of Congress. It read, internal security threat, move inside office, lock doors, seek cover, and remain silent. Up on the steps of the backside of the Capitol, we're seeing protesters overcome the police. The police are now running back into the Capitol building. We have cheers from the protesters that are watching behind the scenes. This is incredible. The warning was a bit late. Protesters were already at the door of the congressional staffer who sent me an image of the text alert. You guys did this to us. We want our country back. We are protesting for our freedom right now. They work for us. They don't get to steal it from us. About an hour earlier, Trump supporters, intent on stopping Joe Biden from being president, had smashed into the United States Capitol and the surrounding offices, unleashing violence across the complex. One woman was shot and killed by Capitol Police. Inside the chamber itself, there was chaos. Agents hastily blocking the doors with furniture to keep the protesters out. Officers ready to open fire as a last resort. The fallout from this assault, which is ongoing as we record this, will be unfolding for a very long time. There will be plenty of time in the days, weeks, and months ahead to talk about what this all means. But for today, we want to talk about what happened. Uh, we were just told that there has been tear gas in the rotunda, and we're being instructed uh, to each of us get a gas mask that are under our seats. On Wednesday afternoon, a handful of Capitol Hill reporters caught in the melee were shepherded to a secure location, along with about 200 members of Congress, as the insurrectionists breached the gates. One of them was Matt Fuller, a friend and a former longtime colleague of mine back when I was at the Huffington Post. He spoke to me from that secure location in the Capitol complex. Matt was in the press gallery overlooking the House floor as the mob tried to smash its way in. His beat the last decade has been the far right wing of the House Republican Conference, known as the Freedom Caucus, which is inextricably linked with this violence and was also, it turns out, sheltered in place with Matt. But first, we talk with John Farina, who was shooting camera footage of a rally earlier in the day, as well as the assault on the Capitol for the independent media organization Status Quo. 
John, so how did this start this morning? Well, uh, they they were having a, I believe it was called Save America rally inside the ellipse, which is between the Washington Monument and the White House. Now, in the ellipse, they had a few speakers, Eric Trump, then Donald Trump went up, and I'm not sure who else, who else spoke. But I had left a, a few minutes early to walk down to the Capitol because that's where they were going to all march to after Trump had, uh, had finished his speech. But there were people there already, so I, I made my way over there and... Uh, I started doing a couple of interviews, and then all of a sudden I heard, yes, they're in. Like, I heard, I started hearing cheering, and I looked behind me, and they started walking. Uh, they had breached the, uh, the fence um, mm -hmm. to the grounds of the Capitol. So then everybody just started, like, flowing into the, the, the grass and, and walking up to the steps. Uh, police were, you know, at that point, they were very calm. They were like, hey, you know, you can't do this, back up. And then they just couldn't. They couldn't uh, control the crowd. It was just way too many people. I saw some of your footage, and it, it looked like for a while the police were managing to hold them off using those kind of uh, short metal fences and, and all kind of bracing them and pushing back. What allowed the insurrectionists to finally get through? Well, once they were on the, on the Capitol grounds, the police had the barricades set up, but, you know, the, the protesters just— kept grabbing the, the barriers and, and pulling it towards them. So they had kind of had like a tug of war match. And at that point, they just, they just could not control the, the crowd. Mm -hmm. Tear gas, uh, pepper bullets were shot at, pepper spray. Uh, both sides were pep uh, macing each other. Hmm. So the protests were macing the cops, cops were macing them. And it was just back and forth clashes. What were the protesters saying to the cops? You know, they were just saying, we're here for you. You know, come join us. Uh, we're on your side. Uh, you know, how could you do this to us? Um, they were saying, oh, we're, you know, the criminals are inside the building. We're not the, we're not the criminals. Mm -hmm. You know, basically, uh, I don't know, can I, can I curse or? Go for it. Yeah. So they were just, uh, you know, they were screaming, uh, fuck you, fuck the police, you know, that kinds of stuff, you know, stuff that, you know, normally they would be the, you know, the back the blue uh, crowd, but they were just like, they didn't care at that point. They, they saw them as that was their, um, you know, they were their enemy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, I mean, there's sort of a few other things. There were, there were so many things. I, I just, I have to go back to the footage. Right. Did the police try to engage or de-escalate or were they just kind of stoically kind of holding the railing? Yeah, no, they, they I mean, the police tried to de-escalate it, but the, the crowd just keep kept pushing up mm -hmm. against them. And, you know, as much as they were shooting them with the, like I said, the pepper balls and the tear gas and uh, the, the flash grenades that were going, the flashbangs that were going off, mm -hmm. you know, the, the crowd wasn't, it was, they weren't phased by it. They were, they were actually enjoying it for the most part. Did, did you follow them in to the Capitol or up, up the steps? Yeah, I did actually. I followed them all the way up to the step, all the way up to the steps inside a little corridor where uh it was it was completely hectic you know the protesters they would they actually got their the, the police shields and they were they were using the shields against them mm. they were oh, wow. taking you know taking whatever they could from the cops uh the mace the um they had their batons they had their shields and they were using their stuff against them to try and push into the further into the capital right. what were the police doing at that point 
when they were stealing their mace and their their clubs and their shields they were they were calling in reinforcements and and mm-hmm. just kept battling out with them and there were moments where they would stop and it would be calm and they would look at each other like the police wouldn't arrest them they would just look at them and be like hey let's you know chill out and they would try and talk it out, but then there would come another wave, and then they would try and push their way in. I saw a few arrests, but not as many as I thought that there would be. Oh, so they did arrest a couple of people. Yeah, yeah, there were a uh, few arrests. What would get somebody arrested? Like trying to punch a cop, or like like in the uh, yeah, I mean, people were attack- they were attacking the cops, like hitting them with, with whatever weapons they had. Uh, so any mm-hmm. chance that the the police had an opportunity to just grab somebody and pull them in. That's what they did. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean. Gotcha. Yeah, it was, it was wild. <laughs> How'd you finally get out of there? Was it, was it hard to get out of there, or was, did you have to go through a crowd? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had to push through a crowd and, and work my way out. But at that point, I mean, I, I couldn't see anything. My, my face is still burning up, my, my eyes. So I had to just kind of, like, feel my way out. And mm-hmm. then people, you know, people outside the, outside the building kind of helped me out. They, they gave me water and stuff like that. You've covered a lot of right-wing violence, uh, right-wing demonstrations. Was was there something significantly different about this one, or was it just the same, but in, in degree it was more violent um, and more aggressive and bigger? Well, they're very emotional about this, and I think the emotions mm-hmm. took over. And But it, this has been building up because they see this as their last stand. Like, this, mm-hmm. this was it. Yeah, I think I think just because that this is like the final, like the final countdown till you know they lose their guy, and they wanted to make a statement. Did, did any of them have a, an end game? Like, did you ask them what the ultimate goal was? So you storm the Capitol, okay, and then what? I, I did not get to ask anybody that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wish I. I mean, I did. I did ask a few people before. The, the whole capital, you know, before that whole thing, I, you know, when I was interviewing people at the Washington Monument, I was kind of excellent. So uh, if, you know, if Biden wins and Trump's out, you know, what, what happens from here? And they said, uh, some of them said uh, civil war, but others said, you know what, I, I can't tell you, I, I have no idea. I, hmm. they, they were just like, I think it's going to be bad. Well, they're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. <laughs> well, uh, John, thanks so much for uh, sharing that with us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That was John Farina of Status Coup. Matt Fuller from HuffPost spoke to me Wednesday afternoon while still locked down with members of Congress and walked me through the moment when he first got word that the building had been breached. Well, uh, we kind of got an, an early indication that they might be locking down the chamber, that there was a sort of a breach or something like that. And uh, luckily I had a, a gallery member say, hey, you might want to go to the bathroom because they're going to be locking this down pretty shortly. So I went to the bathroom, came back, and about a minute later, you saw cops running to each door and uh, locking the doors really quickly. Uh, so they were clearly locked in the chamber. We were in the chamber for a while and everyone was just sort of tense, not sure what was going on, but we obviously assumed that some protesters had gotten through. You know, at some point they started banging on the doors and <laughs> it was clear that they were right outside of the, the chamber. So they started barricading things. We don't know at this point if it was gunshots. Everyone thought it was a it was gunshots, and we heard a, an officer say "gun," but some of the, the glass popped out, seemed like seemingly like a gun. I thought it heard, sounded like a gun to me at least, um, of the door, right to the chamber. And then officers had their guns drawn. It was a pretty tense situation. One member tried to talk to the protesters, and it seemed to be going okay. But then they sort of made a decision to move everyone who was remaining in the, in the chamber. And at that point, it, it was pretty limited. They already um, evacuated most people on the floor and most people in the gallery. And it just so happened I was in sort of a far corner where I was one of the last people evacuated just because of, you know, the distance. And we, when they started popping out the the glass, uh, I, we, you know, there was like three or four of us who were kind of coming and we just kind of hit the ground and watched the whole scene unfold. And so don't, don't tell me where they where they took you, because uh, I understand, you know, it's an undisclosed location. This situation is not yeah. resolved yet. Um, but I, I, they, they, so they moved you with a bunch of members of Congress and staff all together. Like, how did, how, did that, how did that happen? That's right. We were with the, about the final group of members who were moving. And I'd say there was about, I don't know, 10 or 20 of us. And they moved us through the Capitol. I'm not going to say right. where, but uh, we moved quite a distance and then, we're in a room now, a larger room with, I'd say maybe between 100 and 200 members, or, or not just members. I mean, it's a mix of four staff, and there's a few press here, uh, some staff, but it's predominantly members, and there's, you know, a decent police presence here. Uh, but we've been, I don't, I don't know how long we've been in this room now, probably a couple hours now. Uh, we keep on getting updates that, yeah, you know, they're, they're going to let us out any minute 30 minutes mm -hmm. an hour and they keep on saying well we still haven't cleared the capital yet there's still protesters there what's the conversation been like among the members in the room uh you know i, I think this is a, a kind of an interesting moment i've had actually a couple conversations um with some members too uh, some members who have been sort of involved in this and i think it, it is for some people a little bit of a kind of a come to jesus moment you know not to reveal too much but i did see one member who was involved in this texting to one of the staff members, I'm sickened by this. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think that there's been a lot of Republicans who have been complicit uh, 
for political reasons and they're they just sort of made peace with this is something we have to do and you know obviously that's not the truth but it's sort of the, the truth that they're living by and then you see this and they think you know what have we done how, how did we get to this moment where you know people are it's basically an insurrection i mean people are storming down the capitol and, mm-hmm. you know banging through the doors and it's a it's a, a violent insurrection that's the way i could put it and for, for people who don't know you know matt fuller is kind of the leading reporter of the far right wing of the house republicans over, over the years you've been watching the you know the freedom caucus develop over the years you know a lot of those members you know did you ever see this coming or do you think they saw this coming i think you know for, well for one an interesting an interesting development here is uh, a lot of those members the you know the leaders of this movement are here in this room right now mm-hmm. and it's a split between democrats mm-hmm. and republicans they've been talking i can see them talking right now actually but yeah i think that they knew this was always a possibility this is where the rhetoric is leading and, you know let's face it if you're telling you know your voters that this election was stolen that this you know democrats are breaking the law and like they're installing a, a president illegally i mean this is sort of a natural conclusion right I, <laughs> I think that people are genuinely mad and so many people have been lied to for so long they're operating by just a totally alternate reality. The truth is a lot of those members, you know, those far right leaders, they believe it themselves. They're right in that same boat at this point. Hmm. You know, there, there's a lot of other ones who are sort of on the fringe who don't quite believe it, but, you know, see the, I guess, the utility of continuing to do this. So it's it's definitely an, a, a weird moment here for them. And I think it's one where they can, you know, the reaping and sowing meme, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, oh no, what happened? I'm sowing all the stuff I've been reaping. Right. Did you talk to any of the protesters? I did on my way in. Um, <laughs> I mean, I live very close to the Capitol, and, um, you know, I had some people ask me, you know, can I park here and this or that? And, uh, you know, <laughs> they were unsoundly. Can I park here for my insurrection? <laughs> yeah, and it, was, it was almost always like, uh, you're gonna get, you're, you'll get a ticket, but you might not get towed. <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, I remember hearing that Pinochet, on his way to the palace, when he performed his coup, uh, those tanks stopped at red lights, which was a very kind of Chile. It was like very Chilean thing, <laughs> and it's kind of a very American thing that they're worried about parking tickets. And I also saw that some, exactly. like a lot of them, were stay, staying within the red velvet ropes right, right. when they're walk, walking through Statuary Hall. Exactly, exactly right. I have that exact feeling. I mean, it's like they still want to operate within society. You know, I saw some people wearing masks. <laughs> it's it's just sort of an incredible moment. And then to you know watch these same people storm the Capitol. At some point, they made the decision that the House floor was going to get breached or was not safe anymore, uh, which I, you know, I've always sort of lived under the assumption that the House floor is the safest place you can be. It's like hermetically sealed, has its own oxygen supply. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at some point they were telling us, get the gas mask from under your chair. They gave us in the gallery gas mask or the, with the escape hoods. And it was sort of like, you know, you might be waiting through tear gas in a moment here. So. Mm-hmm. You know, we're stuck in this room and we don't really know what's going on. We're, we see reports on Twitter of the FBI SWAT team. We've heard that the National Guard is coming or Virginia National Guard's coming. You know, we don't know. It's it's just sort this of a, I think so. Uh, it just says, you know, member pass last where the bathroom is. Right. <laughs> Got to pee in the corner. It's, it's a crazy moment here. You know, like, like you said, this is the logical endpoint of all of this. But at the same time, it's so hard to have imagined it coming to this yeah I, I mean i never thought i'd see the day where people 
break through the Capitol and like, you know, true sort of pandemonium um, on the House floor. And it happened so quickly. I mean, it just, it was clear that the police weren't ready for this. Mm -hmm. uh, and they certainly weren't, you know, <laughs> it was not like a shoot to kill situation, uh, which thankfully, like, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, I, I know that there have been some people injured and there apparently was a woman who was shot, mm -hmm. uh, but it certainly could have been a lot worse than this, that, you know, if the police just immediately reacted to more violence, that definitely would have been the situation. Well, I hope they get you out of there pretty soon. Um, thanks for taking a moment for people who don't know Matt Fuller, reporter at the, at the Huffington Post. Uh, he had a good joke on Twitter. Uh, he said, that, well, this wasn't in my pre-write. Uh, so I hope that you're getting back to your uh, your copy because you've got a little you got a few paragraphs you're going to have to add to it. Yeah, yeah. I think I ha I'll have some time though. Great. Well, Matt Fuller, thanks so much for taking some time out of your uh, sheltering in place to to join us on Deconstructed. Of course. Uh, pleasure talking to you always, Ryan. increasing number of Democrats are already calling for Trump's immediate impeachment and removal, a step that would prevent him from pardoning those who stormed the Capitol, prevent whatever else he might be planning, check out our last show on his designs on Iran for more on that, and would make future presidents think twice before inciting insurrection after the loss of an election. Twitter, meanwhile, has temporarily locked his account, a boon, no doubt, to the right-wing media ecosystem that fueled today's insanity. The Capitol, as we record this, has been cleared. And Matt tells me he has returned to the press gallery, where he's watching what should have been a perfunctory electoral college ceremony stumble toward its conclusion over the continued objection of Republican after Republican after Republican. I rise up for myself and 60 of my colleagues to object to the counting of the electoral ballots from Arizona. One Republican, however, often Trump's favorite in the Senate, did not object. And that was South Carolina's Lindsey Graham. Uh, Trump and I, we've had a hell of a journey. I hate it being this way. Oh my God, I hate it. From my point of view, he's been a consequential president. But today, all I can say is uh, count me out. Enough is enough. I've tried to be helpful. But when the Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled four to three that they didn't violate the, Supreme, uh, the Constitution of Wisconsin, I agree with the three, but I accept the four. If Al Gore can accept five, four, he's not president. I can accept Wisconsin four to three. They say there's 66,000 people in Georgia under 18 voted. How many people believe that? I asked, give me 10. And I had one. They said 8,000 felons in prison in Arizona voted. Give me 10. I hadn't gotten one. I don't buy this. Enough's enough we got to end it. To the conservatives who believe in the Constitution, now is your chance to stand up and be counted. I cannot convince people, certain groups, by my words, but I will tell you by my actions, that maybe I, among any, above all others in this body, need to say this. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are lawfully elected and will become the president and the Vice President of the United States on January the 20th.
was Lindsey Graham, and that's our show. Deconstructed is a production of First Look Media and The Intercept. Our producer is Zach Young. Our theme music was composed by Bart Warshaw. Betsy Reed is The Intercept's editor-in-chief. And I'm Ryan Grimm, DC Bureau Chief of The Intercept. If you'd like to support our work, go to theintercept.com slash give. Your donation, no matter what the amount, makes a real difference. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show so you can hear it every week. If you're subscribed already, please do leave us a rating or review. It helps people find the show. And if you want to give us feedback, email us at podcast at theintercept.com. Thanks so much, and we'll see you soon. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed And it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.